Welcome to Nebraska Farmcast, a production of the Center for Agricultural Profitability at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I'm Ryan Evans. According to the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City, the value of non-irrigated cropland in the Central Plains region of the U.S. increased by up to 28% in the third quarter of this year, compared to the same period in 2020. For more on the reasons behind this and the outlook for land values in 2022, I am joined by Jim Jansen, an agricultural economist here at UNL. He is a co-author of the annual Nebraska Farm Real Estate Market Report, which publishes data on average land values and cash rental rates by region in Nebraska. And he has co-written a new article on our website, cap.unl.edu, about the Fed's third quarter findings. Hello, Jim. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So uh, the Fed has reported that non-irrigated cropland values in the Central Plains region have increased by values between 9% and 28% in the third quarter compared to last year. So uh, what states are on the higher side of that, and, and where does Nebraska fall in the range? Yeah, so based on the survey work that the Kansas City Federal Reserve does and the Omaha branch office tends to take the lead on some of their agricultural-based publications, uh, some of the recent findings show they did kind of a summary on the statewide average land values ranging from all the way up from North Dakota down to Texas. And then some of the kind of uh, Iowa, Minnesota, some of the mountain states. And uh, they give a pretty good snapshot of kind of the Western Corn Belt or the Central Plain states, as some folks might call them. Some of the notable increases come from our neighbors and while Nebraska was up an average of 16% year over year. So that'd be the third quarter of 2021 compared to the third quarter of 2020. Uh, some of our neighbors to the North and East or Northeast were much higher than that. Even um, more notable on the non-irrigated cropland, Iowa noted a 28% increase year over year. South Dakota was 23% and Minnesota was 26%. Now, many folks know that the geographical attributes of Iowa are very conducive or productive for cropland, as are areas of Nebraska and South Dakota and Minnesota. But uh, 28% year over year uh, are some things we haven't seen uh, maybe in the 1980s or maybe in the late 2000s, uh, 2011, 10, 12. But for a statewide average to be up that much year over year, that really is a notable thing. And it's a period that we'll probably look back on in the future that we may not see again for quite a while. So uh, once again, uh, some of the highest values were coming from the Western Corn Belt in the Iowa, Minnesota, and South Dakota areas, as well as Nebraska, noting a 16% increase. Other states, more so in the Central Corn Belt, such as Northern Illinois or Northern Indiana, noted an increase that is fairly similar to Nebraska in that 13 to 15% range. So a lot of things going on right now in the economy, a lot many things going on in the ag sector, and some of these things are starting to be reflected into the market value of land. Yeah, and can you talk about some of those factors? Why are we seeing these drastic increases in land values in the region? So if you remember, uh, the Kansas City Federal Reserve, there's two different types of things you may hear people talk about. We have fiscal policy and monetary policy. On the side of fiscal policy, think of uh, federal spending. So obviously there are politics involved with that and the things that go into that. 
On the monetary policy side, we're talking about things related to interest rates. And with uh, COVID and some of the uncertainty associated with that, or even prior to COVID, with the economy uh, coming out of a small recession and uh, some of these things, interest rates have been held at an exceptionally low interest rate for uh, many years now, at least two, three, four years. And with these exceptionally low interest rates, interest rates with respect to, say, if you wanted to buy a home, to buy a house, in the case of this podcast, if you wanted to buy real estate for agricultural land, the interest rates right now are probably some of the lowest ones we may see in my lifetime even. And with these ex- exceptionally low interest rates, uh, those are being capitalized, meaning when someone thinks about their capital outlays, if you buy something, any of this example, if you buy land, with that, um, we're seeing that being bid into the value of land. And if you have a monthly or a quarterly or even an annualized budget, with that budget, what we notice as individuals are budgeting, if they have a certain number in mind, so many dollars per acre or per parcel, if they're paying a lower interest rate, that interest rate will indirectly be capitalized or bidded into the value of the land. And as of right now, some of the additional survey work that the Kansas City Federal Reserve did, the Federal Reserve Bank at Kansas City, and KC Fed, some of the work they took a look at, interest rates are trending about 1% lower for the 2021 compared to the prior uh, 2015 to 2019 cycle. And even during 2015 to 2019, interest rates, while they were higher, were still very competitive compared to some of the historic numbers we may have seen in the 1990s, early 2000s. So with these interest rates, we're also seeing a period in which there's been an exceptional amount of uh, disaster aid of various kinds paid out to agricultural operations to stabilize ag markets and make up for losses due to things with uh, soybean. For example, the marketing facilitation payments help offset some of those losses. The coronavirus food assistance program is another disaster assistance payment made to many agricultural operations across the Midwest and Corn Belt and Central Plains states. And also there's been an aid in the form of the PPP, the Paycheck, Paycheck Protection Program. With all these different programs, we've also seen uh, much better prices than say a year or even 18 months ago and with these better prices uh, profitability and uh, farm income for the state of Nebraska surrounding states is probably in a much better place than it was even a year or two years ago and with these things uh, people are looking at it and making investments and uh, investments may come in the form of machinery we also note in the article that prices used as well as new machinery are considerably higher just given the fact with the availability of profitability and desirability in terms of financing right now. Uh, many people are looking at these things again. And uh, with all these things, uh, we, so we have an exceptional interest rate, profitability on the farms, much better than it's been. And also people that are engaged in buying land, they might be engaged in buying land as a hedge against inflation or a bet against inflation. They're concerned about we don't buy these assets today, who knows what they're going to be bringing tomorrow or even a couple of years from now. So it's a hedge against that inflation. So many of these different 
forces are highlighted in the article and they kind of intertwine with the idea of why is land worth what it is. Well, it's worth what it is because of all these different factors or economic forces having a strong influence on the agricultural market. And I know, Jim, no one has a, a crystal ball, but as we look forward to 2022, what do you what do you expect to happen with land values? Do you expect them to keep rising, uh, or or what's what's around the corner? Do you think? All right. So on the topic of interest rates, interest rates are a period right now that more likely than not, some of the monetary policies to combat inflation will probably be rising at some point in the future. And also farm profitability is a question that many of us are facing with higher input expenses. An example on the cropland side, where it's priced fertilizer going to be headed in uh, 2022. Many folks that prepaid for fertilizer may be sitting okay for things like anhydrous, but those that did not pay are facing fertilizer expenses that may be almost double what they were a year ago at this time. So we have exceptional fertilizer prices for a major concern. And another major concern is uh, prices in the long run with the things that we have related to supply chain and that there's definitely demand for these products, but can we get things where they need to be when they need to be there? So with all these things being said, I would suspect that we'll probably still see an increase in land values in the next couple of years. It probably won't be 28% year over year in Iowa, but we may see a stronger market once again. It's all relative to what is the base value for the land and how do you figure out the percent change year over year? And I think that might have a kind of a shakeout or a look at uh, how things are coming out at. All right. That is Jim Jansen, agricultural economist with the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Again, he has uh, co-authored a new article on uh, this third quarter data that uh, the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City has put out. And you can find that on our Center for Ag Profitability's website at cap.unl.edu. And also on the site there, you can find the annual Nebraska Farm Real Estate Market Report with land values and cash rental rates for uh, different regions across the state. Again, that's all at cap.unl.edu. Jim, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Nebraska Farmcast is a production of the Center for Agricultural Profitability at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. For the latest research-based information and education resources to manage your farm or ranch operation, visit our website at cap.unl.edu. That's cap.unl.edu.